Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast. It's your goal to podcast. Yes, well. If we sound different, it's because we're using a different microphone today. Yes, because we loaned ours out to somebody. It's a whole thing with the deal, but special thanks to Matthew Foster for the loan of his microphone. And word out to Brandy Brown, (laughs) give us our microphone back. All right, what do you got for us? Well, I just kind of feel like we should maybe talk about an issue that's really kind of taking over everyone's lives. You know, maybe mm-hmm. some of us don't want to talk about it, but sure. um, we need to have the uncomfortable conversation. Sure. Of course, I assume you're talking about Pokemon Go. Yes, OMFG, or uh, Pokemongo. Pokemongo. Mongo like candy. Yes, exactly. So this, uh, the new mobile game. That has been taken taken the country, the world by storm. It, and it happened so quickly because I remember it distinctly because I had to cover a shift in the afternoon at mm-hmm. our St. Anthony Falls Visitor Center, and it was a little slow. And I'm I'm in charge of our park's Facebook page, so I'm just kind of looking for news on Facebook mm-hmm. to post there. And it's like I see people posting pictures of you know Charmanders and mm-hmm. Squirtles. Yes. And I thought. Is there like a new filter for Snapchat that I don't know about? <laughs> yes. And I texted you and you were like, oh, no, I, I sent you a picture of, uh, I believe, the Squirtle I captured outside of work. Before that, I saw our friend Don sure. posting things. Oh, sure. And I think I saw the Glovers posting things. Sure. And so, uh, and you sent, and that's why I was like, so is there, is there something out there? And you told me to download it and I did. And my, you asked me, yeah, you asked me if it's a Snapchat filter. And I said, no, it's a game. You go out in the world and capture. So here's the premise of the game is that rather than, you know, sit in your house and, and have your little avatar, your little character in the game run around the world and catch Pokemon, you actually go out and walk around in the world. You catch Pokemon and you battle at gyms and things like that. So, And when you see a Pokemon in the world, you can uh, turn on your phone's, your mobile phone's camera and it will show you like a little CGI image of the Pokemon, in, quote unquote, in the world. It's, I think it's called augmented reality. And so for me, this really, this really hit all the feels for me because <laughs> not long after we moved to Minnesota and we didn't have friends, sure. Pokemon the game became a thing. Oh yeah. And we played it because we played it with one of the few people we actually made friends with because mm-hmm. it's very hard to make friends when you first moved to Minnesota. Right. And it was kind of this oasis because we didn't really have the internet sure. back then quite like we do now. Right. And so it was like... I just, I just. And there loved was the TV show. Yeah, the TV, and I actually, the cartoon actually was quite fun. I enjoyed the TV. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and and so I had fond memories of that. And so we just did Convergence not too long ago. That is mm-hmm. the large science fiction convention that happens here right. in the Twin Cities, and there were people who were dressed up as Team Rocket, which is like the bad guys in right. Pokemon. And I saw them walking around. And I was like, oh. I miss the simplicity of Pokemon. I wonder if there's like a Pokemon <laughs> app I could download because I just I just miss right. that game. I just miss the fun of like finding the the characters, and then this happened. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, this game is slightly different. You can't uh, directly battle each other. Uh, you can't trade Pokemon. The only time, the only way you can battle is at a a Pokemon gym. Yes. Uh, but it's I it's super fun just to walk around. I've actually got in. It's a huge battery drain, but I've actually gone walking and biking. And it's just fun to just be out and about, and you get a little buzz that tells you there's a Pokemon around, and you stop and see what it is. Yeah, and that appeals to the birder in me. Oh, oh, I'm positive, yeah, I'm sure. Because there are, I mean, you find, like, water Pokemon near the water, so Uh when I've been walking along the Mississippi River, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, hey, there's a Squirtle, or Uh oh, hey, there's a Seal. Uh, But then you have, like, the random things show up, like, you and I clearly have a Pikachu in our neighborhood. Oh, that sure. seems to be one of I've the harder ones. Yeah. Well, and tonight I, I saw one. I almost mm-hmm. caught it, but it, it disappeared as I was. But I already had a Pikachu somewhere sure. else. But I mean, it's regularly hanging around on mm-hmm. the bike trail behind us. And so I that aspect appeals to me. And just from the photography end of things, I love when you can take the picture to try and get them to actually perch on things. Oh, sure. It's it's very fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely great. I actually, uh, when I went to, uh, I was in Uptown the other day. And I stopped uh, in a restaurant for lunch, and I noticed that there was a uh, a polka stop mm-hmm. uh, nearby. So I, uh, this is going to make no sense if you don't play the game at all. As I was sitting there eating my lunch, I put a, a lure in the polka stop across the street and just like was capturing Pokemon in the bar. So, well, and 
this is how crazy it got. So it hasn't even been a week since this game has been sure. out. And I'm on, uh, I'm in a group because I am my park's social media administrator. Yep. Collateral duty. Uh, but immediately, Park started figuring out my visitor center is a polka gym. Oh, yeah. And businesses, too. Our waysides uh, are, are polka stops. And so our visitor center for my park is currently under construction, but it is a polka gym. And our temporary visitor center that we're using this summer at St. Anthony Falls, it, it has a polka stop. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've just, so everybody is just kind of there. You have this new school of people like me, you're like, this is great. This is fun. You should take over that gym and then kind of make it a fun thing when people come to your visitor center. Sure. Then you have these people like, mm, should people really even have phones in the park? I don't know if I want them doing this. And people looking this. at their phones. What, what, what world is this that we live in? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want people to discover, because the, the game is geared for you to discover these things as you're walking around well it's the thing of it is is like you don't unless something is happening you're not actually looking at your phone because there's not really anything interesting happening in the phone Mm -mm. like 90 percent of the time you just see your avatar walking Mm -hmm. around and then when you find a pokemon that's when it's interesting so actually when i'm you know biking and walking around i'm just sort of looking around and listening to podcasts yeah yeah so so today and this is this is how weird my life has gotten sure the Department of the Interior. This is the this is the department of the government that you know, the National Park Service falls under, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of mm-hmm. Land Management. Pretty much all those, you know, all this falls under the Department of Interior. U.S. Forest Service. They 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 put out a call in the group today saying, "Hey, is anyone out there interested in being part of our Snapchat?" Uh, are you catching a Pokemon right now? Well, I'm gonna. Try, I was gonna try to, but it's not gonna work. Okay. Um. But they were like, is, do, do any of you want to, you know, be the National Park Service Snapchat mm-hmm. and and talk about Pokemon Go and do something? And and <laughs> I thought, yes, I do. And and we have some seasonals, and I want to train them in, on social media. So I, I signed up for a, a slot. We had a half an hour. And so what I did was I just put a lure at one of the Poke stops on the sure. St. Anthony Bridge where there's a waterfall in the Mississippi mm-hmm. River. And it was just so fun, number one, for me, because mm-hmm. he and I both started, like, Forrest and I both started, like, catching Pokemon that we needed. But then people started coming over, and so, you know, we got some cool pictures of people with park rangers. And then just talking to them about, hey, you know, these are virtual Pokemon. But, uh, but it's just crazy to me that I ran a Snapchat. For the Department of Interior about imaginary animals. Yes, for yeah. my park and how fun it was. Uh, like, your tax dollars at work, ladies Quick update. The uh, gym that we took over about five minutes ago has already been taken over by another team. Uh, we is have it been, blue? It is blue. Uh, oh, my God. Somebody has a thousand point Tauros in there. That's going to be oh. tough. That's going to be a tricky one. So. All right. Um, it's really fun. It is not... Uh, I get why, you know, like... Yeah, I, I I am struggling though because a lot of my naturalist friends like right sure. away somebody uh, posted a picture of hipster Ariel to my wall saying mm. I was into Pokemon first only we called it bugs and and, and, and at first I was like okay that's haha that's funny yeah. uh, but it's the, a game but the thing that 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 kind of pissed me off was like oh this is in reference to your. What? I just had a really finishes right. Okay. I've got a funny. I've got a but funny it was story. just like the thing that pissed me off was like this is about your poke whatever, and I was like, that I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I understand that not everybody's going to get Pokemon. Don't call it poke whatever. Yeah. I want to. Uh, no, this was what made me laugh. Is I want to go to the uh, records committee or one of your bird ID groups and post a photo of like a Spiro and say, hey, what's this? I saw this around my yard today. The problem is, there's a good chance that people on the records committee may not even be aware of Pokemon Go. And then they're going to wonder what it means, what you're trying to do. Are you some kind of subversive? You know what? It's all the rage right now. I'm sure that in a month, it's probably going to, like two months, it's probably going to die yeah, down. Yeah, when, my, when my visitor center reopens from remodeling. It'll yeah. still be around. You know, it, it'll still be around. It'll be fun to play. But but I just want to tell you, if you're a birder out there, mm-hmm. and I know there are quite a few of you, and I love all of you. If you're looking at this and you keep posting these things of, I was into Pokemon first, it was called birding, or why are you coming out to my park and only looking at imaginary animals and not the real ones? Chill out. Chill out. These are getting people to the park. Yeah, Yeah. some of them aren't going to give a rat's ass about birds No, it's the kid. You're going to get the kids out there. And adults, I mean. Let's let's be clear. You and I are running into a lot of people our age. Yeah, but I know that there are also a lot of people who have kids and they're like talking about, oh, this is crazy. I can go out with my kids and like go for a walk. Yeah, but I mean... 
this is, I mean, we're seeing people from 28 to 50 when oh, we're sure. going outside. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't mean to disparage them, but I mean, like, yeah, it's, and like I say, it's not like you're on, you don't, if there's no Pokemon around, looking at your phone accomplishes nothing. But so the thing that like cracks me up, too, is that we've been running into people we know mm-hmm. on the bike trail behind oh, our sure. home. And it's like, wait, you live near us? Yeah. It's, and it's <laughs> fun. I mean, you get that. I mean, it's like we're getting that laughter of recognition because we see people out, like, with their phones, like, looking around. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you're playing Pokemon. And our friend TJ was telling us, yeah. you know, he was walking around uptown just looking for mm-hmm. something to do. And somebody cast out a lure, I think, at the mm-hmm. Herkimer. And he ended up having a beer. And they all just kind of sat there and chatted. So mm-hmm. people are making friends. But yeah. I know you think birding is the first Pokemon. It is not. Birding has similarities to Pokemon, but you cannot catch birds. You cannot take their eggs home and incubate them and get something cool. Well, you can. You can. This is not legal. You cannot. (laughs) None of this is legal. You cannot, like, take birds and put them in a ball, and you cannot fight them at gyms. And and so, so... don't harsh the squeeze. It's totally okay if you don't understand. What's Here's what going I on. like about the game. First of all, the game is free to download. Yes. Uh, and also, you can you can pay for things, but you can't pay to win the game. Yes. Yeah. Like the only thing that you can buy is like lures and other things to to make the Pokemon easier to catch. You can't actually pay to increase the power of your Pokemon. You can't buy rare Pokemon, you actually have to go out and play the game. Well, one of the things that I like about the game is that the way you can kind of earn points to evolve mm-hmm. your Pokemon and make them more powerful is by walking or biking mm-hmm. very slowly. You cannot bike too fast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something like it's set at like moving at 6 10 miles an hour. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, because I was so, out biking today. Yeah, So, and I noticed a difference when I was biking with it today when mm-hmm. I was earning points. But um, people have been talking about seeing uh, people in cafes trying to get their points by, yeah, like, jiggling their points. Yeah, it's <laughs> game in the system. So, anyway. Anyway, Pokemon Go is a thing. You should try it. Don't be afraid of it. Fucking Tauros in our neighborhood. If you don't, if you don't get it, don't, don't harsh it's the It's, wait, wait a month and a lot of people will stop playing it. Right now, Pokemon was just Well, you know, it's life. summer, so I think it's going to be, like, a kid, a really fun thing for kids to do. Honestly, well, summer is part of it. Yeah. Also... North America has been going through a really tough time right now. Yes. There are... We're here in Minnesota. I mean, this this podcast is not going to become a... a let's talk about race. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's been a tough summer, and this app is kind of a nice escape from all right. of that. It's like, I don't want to deal with social media right now, even though it's my job, because everyone's angry, and there's no easy way to fix why everyone is angry. So. So, but so this 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 game has launched at a perfect yeah. time. So it's a video game where you have to add, go out in the real world and and play with these. And, mm. and if you can catch, because part of the fun with this yeah. too is that I remember is that Pokemon say their name, mm-hmm. and they they're not doing it in the app. But when you know, like when I got mm-hmm. a Clefairy the other day, I immediately started like walking around going Clefairy, Clefairy, Clefairy. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I was uh, usually I usually don't have my headphones in when I'm playing, but I uh, stopped and got up was Pokemoning today as I was biking home and it was making the uh, original video game noises as the Pokemon as the Doduo was attacking me. Oh gosh, so. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so Do we have yeah. actual animal news to talk about? Real world things or Who just wants we, to talk about you know anything what? else? Yeah, I mean we can Pokemon. just talk about if you want to talk about Pokemon Go for an hour, that's I'm totally I, I cool can, with that. Should should we give away some hacks that people may not know? Well they're not hacks, but yeah, go ahead. Let's Okay, them. here's let's, here's let's just transform this into a Pokemon Go cast. Okay, this is I'm I'm Pokemon chick. Okay. Okay, so number one, if you're gonna start the Pokemon game, mm-hmm. when you open it up, there are gonna be three iconic Pokemon that are gonna show up. Right. Squirtle, which is a turtle like creature. Mm-hmm. Charmander, which is one of my personal mm-hmm. favorites, a little fire dragon, and in the cartoon he goes, Charmander, Charmander, Char, Char. Adorable. Uh, and then there's a Bulbasaur. Yes. Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. Yep. So they're, they're and they're all fantastic Pokemon. And they're not easy Pokemon to find because uh, yeah, they I are think relatively rare. I initially chose Charmander because I have a soft spot for Charmander, uh, especially when Charmander grows up, evolves, and just becomes... An asshole? Yes. Okay. I relate enough. to that. <laughs> but um, apparently, if you walk away from those three, Pikachu appears. And okay. Pikachu is just essentially this half-rabbit, half-pika 
electrified creature that is just... He's an electric mouse, technically, but I agree with you that he's actually a rabbit. He's more pika than... Yeah. And especially his name is Pikachu, which yeah. is a derivative of pika. Sure. But anyway, uh, so you can get one of those, and that that's a well-wanted Pokemon. So sure. that's one. Um, do you want to give a tip? We can just each give tips, because we've been giving uh, tips for Sure. If you uh, throw a Pokeball to catch a Pokemon and it misses... Uh, if you can tap quickly on it to uh, regain the Pokeball so you don't waste your Pokeballs. Uh, you can gain points by walking around and then also by uh, the, at the Pokestops. Uh, if you tap them and swirl mm-hmm. them, you can get balls, potions, uh, and it all, it's all based on what level you are. And mm-hmm. if you give them about five minutes, they reset and you can go back and get some more. Um, if you evolve Pokemon, they go way up in power. Like yes. you get, you have to get Candy and Stardust. This is this sounds insane. We sound like insane people talking. Yeah. But uh, you can power up your Pokemon. But if you evolve them, they go way up in power. And then also too, if you want to do one of your hardcore attacks when you're at a gym, you mm-hmm. can number one when you get to the gym, your first strategy should be to just tap as fast as you can. Right. And then once you get a foothold against your opponent. And you you have some little. You fill bars. your power bar. You fill your power bar, you, and you'll see it. There are like three blank things at the top. Well, it top. depends on the attack. Yeah. Well, why don't you explain it then? You mansplain the Pokemon attack. I'll poke explain it. Poke explain it. Uh, no, your Pokemon has two attacks. This is a break from previous versions where you had up to four. It has a basic attack, uh, and then it has a more powerful attack. Mm-hmm. And you'll see when your Pokemon is battling that it has like a little bar, and sometimes this is one long bar, and sometimes it is several smaller bars. When you fill those up, when you fill a section up, you can press and hold, and that does the more powerful attack. So yeah, those Pokemon Pokemon. And go if you tips. and if you and if you know nothing about Pokemon, just. Take five minutes and learn about which types are strong against each other. Yeah, and you can do that. There's what Pokemonpedia. I'm sure it's out there, but like so, so water is strong against fire. So yeah. and, and just I think like electric electric Pokemon beat flying Pokemon, and also water. And this is the whole thing with the deal. At the end of the day, go for the psychic Pokemon. They don't defeat everything, but they're a good solid choice to base your Pokemon sure. deck on. All right, let's talk about actual nature news. No, I'm to talk about Pikachu some more. Okay, actually, this is actually really cool news about frigate birds. Okay. So <laughs> thank they, God, I was waiting for that. Frigate birds, six foot wingspan, incredible flying. You know, they're the things. Uh, well, the magnificent frigate bird is the one that you see where it's this huge black bird and it's got this red pouch. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, oh, I am well familiar. You have seen a pygmy frigate bird. I don't even want to hear it from you, and you don't even know that you've you know seen what? one of those. You know what? It's I'm my. It's really funny. Uh, my good friend Kirk Heiner, uh, his uh, internet handle for a while was. Uh, Frigate, Magnificent Frigate Bird, because that's just what he was into at the time. He thought it was a funny name. It is a funny name, but he's not a birder. He should not have had that. It's only for birders. Anyway, they uh, started putting uh, satellite trackers on the frigate birds. I don't know how much longer people are going to be able to take our cockatiel squawking into the microphone, by the way. Um, so they put satellite tags on a couple of dozen frigate birds, mm-hmm. uh, and the instruments also measured bodily functions, uh, heart rate. And they found that the birds were flying, uh, 1,500 meters at Oh, a yeah, time. they fly for, like, months, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and they also can go quite high. They can go as high as 4,000 meters into the air. Good heavens. Or, I'm sorry, no, they can go as high as 12,000 feet. That's, that's like that's flying at the sense. top of the Rocky Mountains. Well, let's see. A mile is uh, what, like fifty-two hundred feet. So that's yeah, it's more than two so miles. That, so I that's, mean, that's, and these are birds good. that you associate with the equator, sure. right, where they breed. And so here they are, just now soaring let's, up where it's now cold. let's now let's be clear about this. You're not saying that they fly and land over a period of months. They are literally in the air for they months. They can literally soar without stopping. For weeks at a time. That's crazy. Yeah, they're not landing on water. And here's the other thing that I did not realize about frigate birds. Mm-hmm. Their feathers aren't waterproof. That's insane. So that's that so some of these birds you <laughs> that know, gives like, us that gives us some gives them a motivation to stay up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with some of these birds when they're flying around, they can if they're tired, they can just land on the ocean and they can float on the ocean. It's relatively safe you know of course you know something like a shark or a killer whale might come underneath but in in the grand scheme of things you're safe just floating on top of the water sure 
But uh, yeah, the free not if you're not waterproof. So they figured out how this happens. They just know how to soar. The article I have doesn't talk about all of that. It just talks about... <laughs> oh, they just found out that they do this. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought I knew that, but maybe I was thinking of another bird. The other thing that's really incredible that they've discovered mm-hmm. is that the frigate birds are also, at times, flying right into the middle of a cumulus cloud. And so here's... It says, one of the tagged birds soared 40 miles without a single wing flap. Several covered more than 300 miles a day on average and flew continuously for weeks. They have an unusual body. No bird has a higher ratio of wing surface area compared with body weight. So it is totally good to go with wing loading. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So no, that's that's great. So this is so they're equatorial birds. Where do they where are they flying to? Are they they're like, going over open water. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going... I mean, they... I mean, what is the purpose? Like, I know birds have, like, a nesting ground, and then, like, they go off to... Well, it's like albatross. You know, when okay. albatross aren't breeding, they're going all over the oceans. They're going wherever okay. they can to find food. Okay. All right. Cool. Way to go, frigate bird. Okay, what's next? Army veteran rescues bald eagle dangling upside down from a rope in a 75-foot tree by mowing down the branches with his rifle. Okay, wait, what? Okay, so there's a lot to unpack in that headline. Okay, a bald eagle was freed from a tree Okay. by a patriotic army veteran. Okay, fine. Who spent 90 minutes, sure. who spent an hour and a half firing 150 shots into tree branches to... Wait, so how was the bird... Okay, okay, let's back up. How was the bird trapped it's a, in the it tree? It was a juvenile bald eagle learning uh-huh. to fly. Uh-huh. Somehow it got some rope on its foot. Oh, okay. Somehow it got a rope on a branch, uh-huh. and it probably was taking off, couldn't okay. take off, and then ended up hanging upside down. Okay. First of all, thank you for doing that. Probably not the safest way to do that, but... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I've been... I, I heard about this story because mm-hmm. it started popping up on the 4th of July. Sure. Like, hey, here's a patriotic yeah, sure. story. Uh-huh. None more American. Okay, first of all, the bird had been reported to the city mm-hmm. and to the Department of Natural Resources and okay. the police for two days prior oh to this. Oh my god, guys. And the city and DNR was <sighs> like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. And on the one hand, I kind of understand it was in a precarious, it wasn't in a place where a tree climber could go up and easily and safely get sure. the bird. It was too high for a cherry picker to get up. Okay. But I mean, at that point, I'm like, Put the bird out of its misery. Sure. Find someone who knows how to shoot sure. and shoot it. Don't let it hang upside down for a week and starve to death. Yeah. That's horrible. So, okay, let's skip to the end here. Was the bird taken to a rehab center? Yeah, it's at the Raptor Center okay, now. Okay, great. Fantastic. Um, that's crazy. Do you remember when we were out? I think it might have been the 4th of July. It was definitely a holiday weekend, and there was like a Cooper's Hawk or something in a batting cage. You and I did that. Yes. Didn't Dale come along with us? Yes, and we had to... We tried to... Get it? It had flown into. It was one of those things where it had a revolving cage. door that only went one way, and somehow the bird had gotten in there. We tried to get it out. We were exhausting the bird. We had called the park service, and then eventually he showed up, and the bird just like he opened. There was a huge like gated. He, he took down one of the walls. Yeah, there was a huge, huge door that was locked. So we were trying to get the bird down so we could catch it, and but eventually the guy who knew what he was doing. So. Well, the problem Ugh, we had was we were trying to get a Cooper's Hawk to fly yeah. down so we could catch it. Yeah. And its instinct is to not get anywhere right. near us. And, yeah, we just needed a big wide space to yeah. push the Cooper's Hawk. So, but, and it was a, but, again, it's a holiday weekend. Nobody used work. But this was, city, I mean, so. but this bird was found before the holiday weekend. And this is what irritates me. It was like neighbors called the mm-hmm. DNR. They called the Rush City Police and fire departments. And they said there was nothing they could do. And it's like... There's something you could do. Yeah. Why didn't they call, like, I assume, like, Animal Control would have, like, contacted the Raptor Center. And the, and basically everyone was saying it's too... And, and here's... As someone who's very familiar with the biology end of things, mm-hmm. I understand that you let nature take its course. I also really understand horrible things happen. Yeah. And in the wild, horrible things that I'm never going to be around happen. I know that right. it is brutal when you die in, in the wild. No. But it's... I feel like we're humans. And I actually mm-hmm. had this conversation with someone once who was on that. Like, we found this red-breasted nuthatch that was trying to come to a bird feeder and feed. And it had clearly flown into a window. Mm-hmm. Its beak was messed up. It was on its way out. And I was like, let's kill it. And and this person mm-hmm. said, well, you know, in the wild. I was like, yeah, I know what happens. 
let's just put this out of its misery. It doesn't need to starve and right. hang upside down. And I just... And and on the one hand, I, I admire that the sniper spent an hour and a half. I sh- I'm calling him a sniper. I feel like he's had some sniper training if he mm-hmm. was able to shoot enough bullets at a branch the to citizen, break the branch. The former soldier. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. veteran. He was a veteran who did what he needed to do. Right. To get this bald eagle down. And... I, I mean, the fact that he didn't shoot the bird at all, because right. it was really close. I mean, this man knew what he was doing with a gun. Sure. Really knew so what he was doing. So, at what point did the Raptor Center get involved? Like, did they When they get dropped the, bird the down? eagle off. Okay, so they didn't call the Raptor Center. Okay, well, like, okay, so first of all, this guy, um, I would not have done it that way, but but thank you for doing that. For, for taking Honestly, care I don't of know any animal. other way it could have been done. Right. Well, a ladder or a cherry picker, but... It was know, too like, high for that. I, okay. I wasn't there for that. Uh, so, good. Yeah. This is a... This is a... This is a situation with a happy ending. It is a situation with a happy ending. But I get frustrated because I know there are... Sure. Areas. Popular nature areas. I have to be very careful about what I say. Okay. Because of where I work. Okay. And I know that there have been instances where storms have knocked down nests yep. of birds right next to a trail. Right. And they leave them right next to the trail. And you get visitors seeing this really upset and then going to talk to staff and saying, Hey, there's this injured bird down here. Or this is this bird that's falling mm-hmm. out of a tree. Can we take it to a well? No, our policy is to never interfere. I get why there is that policy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. But at the end of the day... You're trying to maintain a wild space. Uh, absolutely. But when you have the public looking at yeah. that... And if you have no. like a 10-year-old kid coming in and saying, Hey, this kid, this creature is injured That's... out here. Can we do something? No, there's this thing called biology. And it's really horrible. It's really harsh. I shouldn't say horrible. Harsh. And we're just going to let nature take its course. I feel like that turns more people off. Sure. And you need to just at some point say... Granted, this isn't going to help the species overall. Mm-hmm. But this kid who's coming to me crying about a starling, if sure. I can, that is going to make him think, okay, we can do something. That's going to give that kid hope. And eventually the kid's going to be like me and realize one day, oh, man, this, this world is fucked. Yeah. But I'm going to do as much as I can where I can, as opposed to, man, I really hate people that work in biology because they're all just a bunch of cold assholes that don't care about animals. But at the same time, I realize also, too, why we developed that defense of nature is harsh. Because sure. it is harsh, and you don't want to get personally involved. Because no, if it's you terrible. do, it's going to break your heart. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Army veteran who shot down a branch to mm-hmm. rescue a ball. And, the, the, and remarkably, the bird was a bit dehydrated, mm-hmm. was a bit weak, was not completely emaciated. Mm-hmm. Had some stress in its hips from hanging upside down, but sure. it could possibly make a full recovery. Great. Next story. This is just a headline I want to talk about. Mm. Apparently, Audubon is doing a thing with the birdist on Twitter where he's going over rules of birding. And they have Rule 33, what to do when you find a rare bird. What's Rule 34 going to be? You know what Rule 34 is. Oh, is that the internet rule about uh, if something exists, there's porn of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Apparently, these rules are being written all out of order. But I was like, I want to know how the birdist is going to handle Rule 34. Sure. So what is uh, Rule 33? Rule 33 is what to do when you find a rare bird. Okay, and what should you do? Well, you should report it, number one. Okay, duh. Two. Um, get a photo. Okay. Make the ID, get a photo. Okay, so you want to do the next one? God, how awesome is it going to be the first time somebody gets a photo of, like, the first rare bird for, like, a state record or whatever. Or, like, an ivory bill or something like that. But it's a Pokemon photo, and they just post it. Here's a Pikachu, and you notice, like, there's a, you know, what's a rare bird for Minnesota? Would be, like, what would be, like, an, oh, my God, I have to go out and see this bird for Minnesota? Do you want a first state record or a bird that... Like, ivory gull. Ivory, ivory gull. Okay, so let's... So somebody is just out fucking around in Duluth, and they get an Eevee, but there's an ivory gall in the background. How amazing is that going to be? I wish the Pokemon Go game had been around when the ivory gall was here, because I totally would be trolling that. I totally would be trolling that. It's going to happen. I it's... would love that. I Yeah, I am going to do... Well, but the problem with the Pokemon Go game is, I mean, most of your Pokemon are in... 
high traffic city areas. Although, although I not always. So my park, we have been test. We've been testing out doing programs in tandem canoes. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking, why do you have to test it out? My park is on the Mississippi River, and it's on a major navigational end of it where barges are. And sure. I don't want to take someone out on the Mississippi River in a canoe and have and find out in the middle of the paddle that they were not 100% truthful about their ability to start Oh, a sure, canoe. sure, sure. And then a barge sneaks up on us, especially when Ugg the Tug is doing that barge. But, um... So I was doing the test paddle because I found some river bottoms where I think it's some place where I can safely take people out in tandem canoes. Okay. And as I'm doing this program, my phone goes off. And I'm starting the canoe. And I look down and a magic carp has appeared. <laughs> the worst Pokemon of all time. I know, but if I get 50 of them, I can get a Gyarados. Yeah. So, you, need, you need, like, anyway. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not even 50. It's like 400. You need 400 Pokeballs, which is, yeah, yeah you need yeah. a anyway, lot anyway, of Pokemon. So... Then, like, the carp is flipping around, and at, like, one point, it, like, looks like it's in our canoe, and I take Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I posted it to my park's Instagram page. It's a page. really pathetic-looking Pokemon. I was like, boy, invasive carp are an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't worry. Ranger Sharon caught this one, so this invasive carp isn't going to be menacing the Mississippi River. Anyway. Awesome. Um, but so the rules that uh, the Birdus says uh, for Rule Thirty Three is get the ID, snap a photo, tell somebody. Number four, gloat, which some people took umbrage to. <laughs> yeah. But some cool. people gloat. I, I actually I've always been fascinated about the whole rare bird thing of like when you see it, when especially like when there's something like an ivory gull that shows up. Not only can you say. I just went to go see the ivory gull that everyone else has been seeing. You have to say, I just went to go see the ivory gull that was found by blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I don't care who found it. I mean, that's you know great what that do you is, found it. I appreciate I'm, I'm sure that. there's a template out there somewhere. I, I want you to start taking, like, photos of actual birds and then, like, adding the the name of the bird and, like, what their combat points are. Like, because every time when you play Pokemon Go, when you see it, it tells you, like, what the name of the creature is and like how powerful it is mm-hmm. and then i want you to put like the little pokeball underneath it <laughs> i've been taking classes on photoshop i can maybe start please doing do for the love of god do this maybe i should do that for the park bio blitz <laughs> 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 gotta catch them all exactly no do that like you're like and i know it's gonna take you some time but like if you see like you know a red wing flag like just post that and like pling, pling, pling. oh jeez. um <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, Nathan's Wick from Nate's Wick from the ABA, he was like, like, I want us all to start like referring to birds now by their scientific names, mm-hmm. you know, because then it sounds more Pokemon-ish, you know, like instead of saying, you know, oh, I saw Robin today, it's like, Turtus Migratoris, go! No, it needs to be the the code name, the the <gasps> short code name. Amro, 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 Can I tell you how hot you are right now? That you just knew. That Turtus Migratorius <laughs> was Amro. Well, you said it was the Robin. I, I mean, know. Was, like, like, I'm not going to know Turtus, for crying out loud. We've joked about this forever. Okay, but also, I just want to point out how far you have come, non-birding <laughs> bill. You know the four-letter code for American Robin. What is you it? said Amro. Canada would be Cago? Cago, Cago. No, we, we've <clears> talked <throat> about that. that. That actually has to go to Cackling Goose. Oh. Canada Goose is one of the wild cards ah. that is Kang. Kang, 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 kang. That makes, actually, it sounds sound like, like what they're saying. Kang, 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 Kind of a jerk Pokemon, too. <gasps> Northern Cardinals, they totally do that. Noka, 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 noka. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That's their attack. <gasps> oh, this is now great. I'm doing, now I'm doing it. Flop, noom, flop, Yeah, what would be, uh, what would a Cardinal be? Noka. Oh, no, noka. You just said it, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's totally what it would be. By the way, if you don't know what these banding codes are, and if you're part of any birding group and you've seen someone say, give a list, and it has, like, all caps of... Colo, colo, colo. <laughs> common loon. <gasps> you know common loon. Well, you just, is like, the first two letters of the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> dick, colo, dick, colo. dick, 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 dick. <laughs> bobo, bobo, bobo. What would turkey vulture be? Tubu? Tubu. 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 Yeah. Server. How do you evolve a, a bird in? A... <laughs> you rabbit's clothing. Exactly. No. <laughs> hey. 
I suppose that would be I suppose that would be a records committee thing where they've decided like okay here's the common bird here's the, no it'd be like a common bird and then the oh so here's something like um, a common loon well there's the common loon what's the what's the non common loon Pacific loon Pacific loon so the Hollow. common so the common loon evolves into the Pacific loon I didn't want to get into this actually oh. you kind of are now forcing my hand oh poor you so. There's been a whole bunch of uh, AOU changes. Kang, kang. Kang, kang. No, um, like there have been a whole bunch of changes to bird listing. You know, sure. like the whole thing. Oh, like, what, what, wait, wait. It's been uh, six hours and there have been changes to bird listings? I'm shocked. Shocked. Okay, we have not, we have not done this podcast for a little bit, so. It's been about a month, yeah. Yeah, um. So, so like one of the changes that was up for debate was whether or not they were going to lump common red pole and hoary red pole. <gasps> the scandal that has been uh, voted down. They're not going to do that, but okay. But they are adjusting taxonomy, and so they they have this whole. I saw on one of the birding meme pages. It's like so. Then I said, let's put hummingbirds, cuckoos, and gulls and shorebirds in between grebes and loons. So field guides are going to change once again. Okie doke. I've got bunny whiskers on my legs. Sorry about that. Okay. It's, yeah, okay. Uh, like, how much, like, this seems to be happening, like, at least once a year. Oh, uh, that it does happen once a year, sweetheart. That's, well, that's when. I guess, but, like, is it necessary that this happen? As a, as someone who just wants to watch birds, no. Okay. As someone who is really into birds and cares about their preservation, yes. But does this filter down to everyday bird watching? I mean, it does because uh, Western scrub jay has been split, which I actually may have gained some birds on my list. Actually. Okay, but like in a year, it could be recombined, and then you lose the like. At this point, you're more likely to have splits than you are to have lumps. Okay. And why this is important is if you're trying to protect a specific population of birds. Oh, I mean, okay. okay. We we joke all the time about how okay, this is really ridiculous that you know we're we're changing this name, or we we are splitting some and not splitting others. But as we do more blood samples with birds, as we kind of get into the whole mitochondrial DNA and realize. Oh shit! You really are kind of separate. You really are kind of weird. like the whole white-breasted nuthatch thing. Mm-hmm. If you look at white-breasted nuthatches in the Grand Canyon or in Washington State versus here, they're different. And I mean, it's not just looks. They sound a little bit different, and they behave differently. Okay. And there's like a firm argument that the white-breasted nuthatch that I saw at the Grand Canyon. It's really not anything. I mean, it may look like the grand, the the nuthatch we have have here in Minnesota, but they behave completely differently. And so, is this a separate population? Does it need some kind of protection? Okay. So okay. that's 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 where I'm not disputing the science of it because, as you have explained to me, um, we're learning more about genetics and mm-hmm. like all this and like we can take a bird feather and learn okay this bird is actually slightly different from this bird i'm saying that does this filter down to the person who's just going out with binoculars and looking at birds like not at the no no not at the end of the day and it seems like a little crazy to me that okay we need to you know it it if I didn't know better, and I do know better, it would sound like a scam. Like it's like, oh, you need to buy a new bird. You need to buy a new bird book because bird book wise, yeah, it is kind of a scam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I have just come off a. a I've been I've been doing a ton of programs, canoe and birding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Otherwise, I had a birding trip yesterday, and some of the people were so new to birding, they did not bring binoculars. Oh, and it okay. was, and I was not prepared for that because I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we said this was a burning trip, mm-hmm. but they they still had a good time. But it was just fascinating to me that people were like, yeah, I want to kind of learn. And well, and I was telling this person too. One of the I shouldn't say this, but there were actually several, uh, more mm-hmm. than one person. But this person was like, I'm not really a birder, but I just you know and blah blah blah. And I said, you do realize you paid a lot of money to come out with me today. Well, wasn't that like? Didn't you tell me like a while ago that was a new like. 
that was like a natural, like a movement. It was like burning by ear or like you're not going to use, you're going to use your eyes. Yeah, 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 there is that. You're going to go out and see what you can see. But this person was so new to, Mm -hmm. I should, I shouldn't say this person. I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one person in my mind. There was more than one person on this trip that did not have binoculars that I realized kind of into it. It's like, wow, no, and I mean, I was good at getting stuff in the scope mm-hmm. for people, but I was like, wow, you did not bring You know, me. well, I mean, if you're going to begin a hobby, let's say, okay, let's say I, in a fit of insanity, decide I'm going to go out in nature and not hunt Pokemon. I'm just going to go out and see mm-hmm. what I can see around. Step one for me is not, I'm going to buy a $1,000 pair of binoculars. It's I just am be... very open and honest with people that you so, do not need to buy a $1,000 pair sure. of binoculars. But I mean, when you started, when you got into bird watching, did you have like... I, did you have like a little kitty yeah, pair of I binoculars? Did. Okay, I did. fair enough. The, there was one point when in college when I didn't have binoculars because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford them, and then I got a pair of binoculars, and then those got stolen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I I distinctly remember in college, I <laughs> so this is kind of a crazy thing. I um, ran into some people while I was walking around. Oh, um, I've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah. You will. This was like when I was first dating mm-hmm. you, um, and. I took them to a spot because they wanted to see some particular bird. And we didn't see the bird that they wanted. I think it was a swan. Mm-hmm. But we flushed a bunch of woodcocks. And mm-hmm. it was, like, really exciting. And they were they were really surprised that I knew, A, what the birds were. And, B, that I was able to find them because I didn't have a pair of binoculars. Sure. And it was like, I, I'm, I'm in college. I can afford binoculars. And, <laughs> and there were people. Those people didn't. But there were people later on who gave me binoculars because they're like, this is really sad. You know birds. Sure. And I think in some ways that helped me with birding by ear and with some other things because I was identifying birds. With jizz birding? It wasn't, I don't know if it was jizz, but I mean, I was identifying them by call and I guess it was. Anyway. Sure. I don't want to talk about this. This was a very sad time in my birding life. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't sad, but I mean, as far as like what I was able to do birding wise, it was like, oh, this is... No, I think about this was a dark time. I, didn't, I had no binoculars. My only way of seeing birds up close was by going to nature centers where there were bird feeders. And sure. That's probably why I have such a fondness for nature centers with bird feeders. Is like, for a long time in college, that was my outlet. Sure. Was I could sit at a nature center and just watch their bird feeders, and the birds would come in close. Sure. Leave I'm her. sorry. I'm just like thinking how much my life has changed and just. <laughs> Like the optics I have today. Are you having a flat? Are you having a, a music biopic where you're writing the song? That's uh... <laughs> I am a little bit because uh, Facebook has that whole memories thing. Oh sure. And yesterday, Facebook memories put up a post, uh, and it was a picture that Corey Finger of Ten Thousand Birds took of me on a trip in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And and he just took this random picture of me, kind of walking out in <clears throat> the middle of nowhere, which is essentially what, how you would describe all of Kazakhstan. And he didn't know it when he took that mm-hmm. picture, but when he took when I saw that picture later on and he sent it to me and he posted it on Facebook, I distinctly remember walking around in that area mm-hmm. holding a Swarovski spotting scope and Swarovski binoculars. And also, this was like the second international trip I'd ever taken. And this was also not long after the decision, which you, by the way, had encouraged me to make to go freelancing and me thinking, sure. my life has taken a really weird turn at this point. I am in a country I've kind of always wanted to visit, but never thought I would. I'm in, I'm on the other side of the planet from my home, and my life is weird. <laughs> and I, and yeah, I just remember thinking about, I'm not gonna, I don't want a traditional life. I don't want a house. I don't want kids. I want to do this kind of stuff. This is what I want. This is what I'm meant to do. And I want to share that with people. And so that, 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 oh God, now I've gotten maudlin. I've, 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 I've become Alan Alda in MASH, where I've gone from funny to maudlin. But anyway, I just, that, that's playing on my head. Let's, let's stop this. Okay, what's the next story? Um, the next story is uh, bird attack numbers soar sky high along Wisconsin's lakefront. Okay. Citizens along the lakeshore from Sheboygan to Sturgeon Bay are seeing more birds <laughs> that are becoming very, increasingly aggressive. That's a very uh, Jack Benny uh, show line. From Sheboygan to Stockton Bay. Sheboygan to Sturgeon Bay. St- 
Sturgeon Bay. Sheboygan is just funny to say. Sheboygan is, but Sturgeon yeah. Bay is actually quite fun. So basically, they have some gulls nesting there. Okay. Gulls don't like it when people walk near their nests. Okay. And they get a little aggressive. Okay. Uh, and this is a new thing that people... Well, there's Is more... it a new thing or is it just being reported more? Uh, it's being... I, I, don't, I don't think it's a new thing necessarily. I just think there are more gulls. They found successful areas in a residential... Because gulls like to nest on top of buildings. Those are generally around high populated areas. Oh, okay. If you... Well, I shouldn't say all Not all gulls. But like, you know, you bring build your herring gulls. Um... Sure. They're in high populated areas. Mm-hmm. In those populated areas, if there's a great lake, people are going to want to walk around those lake shores. Gulls aren't going to like it. As someone who has banded gulls and knows what gulls are like, they're they, pretty revolting. They're revolting. They will fly at your head. They will poop on you. Okay. So. So what are they doing to combat this? Um, they're telling people to do things like hold something over your head, an umbrella, a broom, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe avoid these boardwalks. Uh, otherwise, if the gold population gets too big, they will look into doing things like oiling the eggs to, uh, yeah. Rather than matching. Yeah. All right. And these are not endangered no, species. No, yeah. okay. no, no. And, and just to kind of give you an idea. So I, I'm so tired. One of the programs that I just finished doing uh, in the last few days was, uh, we do a paddle to a heron rookery in Voyager Canoes. And it's great because if you don't know how to canoe or stern, you're in a boat with like 12 other people. And so if you can, you can paddle for a little bit and you get tired, that's fine. We're going down river. We landed on the heron rookery and... Oops. Okay. <laughs> it's a program I've done before. It's a program I... It's, sure. It is quite possibly my favorite thing that I do all year long. When we were landing on the heron rookery this year, I noticed that we had a lot of young herons that had recently left the nest. So I announced to all the boats, we're going to land on the island. Nobody approach a heron. There are a lot of herons on the ground. Keep your distance. No, they can kill you. Well, it's not that they can kill... Well, at this point, I I wasn't worried about the young herons Mm. killing people. I was worried about us flushing them off the island and them going into the river. I was like, let's all be cool. So everybody lands safely... We get on the island. I kind of group them up in this open area. I have, <laughs> I have like, like almost forty people in front of me, and I'm talking to them, and I'm, I'm just like, we're gonna like not startle them because if you startle them, they vomit, and this is exciting if you see a heron. And as I'm talking to them, I see behind the group a whole bunch of droplets come down. It's either vomit or poop, and I'm like, no one's <laughs> noticing this while I'm talking. Sure. This is awesome. <laughs> so I start to say something else in my big old donkey voice, and my big old donkey voice startles the herons. Sure. And at this point, large pieces of fish come right. crashing down. So they're puking. The heron, the young herons over our head are puking, and they have covered six of my participants. Fantastic. Some of my participants just got pelted with fish chunks and ended up with like a little bit of splatter. One woman got soaked. Oops. They were such good sports. Well, that's a great story, though. Why was I doing that? Why why were we talking about this? (laughs) Because you were uh, out on your tour. I think we were talking about people getting attacked, and I can hear some of our neighbors outside getting attacked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so great. All right. So, one last story I'm going to talk about. Misdirected parental care. Loons are rearing a golden-eyed duckling. That was an amazing... I saw that photo. I thought that was an amazing story. I'm so, so glad talking about that. Okay, so when that photo first showed up in my timeline, I was like, somebody photoshopped a golden eye on the back of a Oh, loon. sure, sure. And I was like... Because I looked at it because... And here's the thing. I saw this chick on the back of a loon. Because loon chicks will hang out on the mm-hmm. back of their parents. But it's like, this chick is standing up. Loons can't stand. No, they their legs are what too far They're back. Too far or back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can't they can't walk. They can't stand up. Don't believe the Audubon painting. Uh, so and then I was like, wait a minute, that's a what, what was, so so apparently at one of the areas where people are observing loons, somehow in the middle of all this, a golden eye duckling has hooked up with some loons. We're not sure how this happened. Golden eyes uh, nest in cavities. 
-hmm. very similar to hooded mergansers and uh, wood ducks. I've heard people who have wood duck nest boxes in northern Minnesota sometimes get golden eyes nesting in them. So how did this happen? Did like the golden eye? Did they just like lose all their kids, or did the nest like? How did the gold? How did the? How did they end up with a golden eye check? I'm not 100 percent sure. Did the parent? Did the bird just like? Did the chick just one like theory? Fuck and off I don't and... think this is correct. Is that the the this was a late hatch in a nest mm-hmm. box, and this chick came down and then just hooked it up with loons. Another thing that golden eyes and any cavity nesting bird will do, especially when there aren't enough cavities, is you have an egg delay. It needs to go somewhere. Okay. I'm just going to put it here. Okay. And this is one of the reasons why you find random duck eggs and goose eggs. Because waterfowl breeding is brutal. It involves gangbangs. Sure. You know, it's 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 not good. And so, like, females like, I got an egg. I got to put it somewhere. I don't, maybe I have a nest cavity. Maybe I don't. I'm going to put it in this cavity. So, one theory is that a golden eye just put it in a loon nest because it saw mm-hmm. other eggs there. Which is weird because golden eye nest in cavities and mm-hmm. loons do not. But at the end of the day, this, this, this chick hatched and the loon is raising it. I think it has a chance because this is a fish eating bird. Mm-hmm. And I think it could survive. Here's my guess is that it was the golden eye parents were like first year parents and this bird just wandered away. Let's be clear. And golden eye females, they're they're single mothers. They're not okay. first year parents. It's oh, okay. a single mother type situation. Okay. The males and mate it, and then they're gone. Alright. So how many like do you know how many chicks are in a clutch for a golden eye? I mean, it's like any other deck. It's like okay, 10 to 12. so so my and if you're it's first year, we have discussed this. Mm-hmm. They wander off. Maybe this bird just wandered off, and rather than being eaten by a catfish, it just happened on this loon pair that didn't have a chick of their own. It was like, okay, I don't no, know. the loon pair has a chick. There's a picture of oh. the loon. There's another picture of the loon <laughs> with its own chick. Great. And the baby golden eye there. Fantastic. And I mean, there is something to be, and, and there's lots of evidence of like, oh, something's begging, I'm going to feed it. That's that's the whole niche that the cowbird sure. exploits. All right. Do we have anything else to talk we, about before our Okay, I, I'm just going to say, one thing you need to check out is a bird mm. I didn't know existed. Okay. It's from Cornell Lab, and it's talking about a bird called a Pompadour Katinga. <laughs> I used to play bass in Pompadour Katinga. Are you all about that bass? Yeah. How about treble? No. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's a really cool looking bird, and it has a great name, Pompadour Katinga. That's, that I have other a, stories, but I'm not going to talk about them. Download Pokemon We're Go. We're almost, uh, yeah. So I think that's going to be our recommendation for both of us is Pokemon Go. Check it out. It's super fun. Have fun. Just any... I'm going to tell you, my coworker Gordon Dietzman, who is mm-hmm. like a naturalist's naturalist sure he downloaded pokemon go to see what it was all about is he enjoying it he did but it was a big battery drain and sure. gordon doesn't know the things that we know to prevent battery drain all right but the fact that gordon Dietzman downloaded pokemon go to see what it was all about and understood and he was like i see it a lot like geocaching which it kind oh, of yeah. is oh yeah it's absolutely. a combination of birding geocaching and cartoons yeah all right, this is the Bird Chick Podcast number 211. If you have any questions, you can talk to Sharon. She is Bird Chick on Twitter uh, and also Facebook. You can email her, Sharon, at birdchick.com. And Instagram. And Instagram. And YouTube. And YouTube. And, and Snapchat. And Snapchat. And Pokemon Go. And Yeah, and Pokemon Go. Fight me. I'm Team Red. Team Red for life. We'll be back later. To protect Bye. the world from devastation.